The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Well, we've got a trifecta of handicappers tonight, and tonight we're going to concentrate on the bevy of races that we have from coast to coast coming up this weekend. Uh, we want to put some uh, greens in your jeans, and uh, we're going to start out with the Iowa Festival of Racing at Prairie Meadows, and from the Daily Racing Forum, John McDoolan is going to be with us uh, out there. Uh, it's a great big uh, weekend of racing. It uh, starts tomorrow, but on Saturday, they've got the Iowa Oaks, the Iowa Derby, and the Cornhusker Handicap. Uh, John's also the uh, handicapper and writer of Presque Isle. We're going to take a quick look at uh, at the windward up at Presque Isle, too. There's a horse in there I absolutely love. Now we're going to go out to the West Coast. Steve Anderson, who covers racing out there, he's been writing a lot of stories this week about things that are happening uh, on the West Coast at Hollywood Park. Uh, we've got the, the triple bend with just a slew of speed horses in there. And then we've got the Shoemaker Mile that looks to be a very interesting race. A horse uh, I've been betting this year, obviously, is in there, the Irish bred. But Geronimo won that race last year. He's in the field, too. Then we're going to go all the way over to the East Coast with our friend Eric Wing. But he's no more, more with the NTRA. He's now with the NYRA, heading up things in the New York office for the New York Racing Association. Races at Belmont, uh, the grade two New York, and a very interesting race, uh, the victory ride, a race that Todd Pletcher could possibly run one, two, three. So anyhow, we're going we're gonna to have uh, you know, Steve Anderson, uh, John McDoolan, and Eric Wing. It's a handicapping night here on Winning Ponies. Let's catch you up with some of the news of the week. I am... Uh, Almost done with the book called The Garrett Gomez Story, A Jockey's Journey Through Addiction and Salvation. And I'm sure hoping that there's not another chapter to this book. Um, Steve Anderson filed a story this week that, uh, that uh, Garrett Gomez will not ride in the two grade one stakes at uh, Hollywood Park on Saturday while continuing to deal with personal issues. And his, tone, his agent, Tony Meadows, said on Wednesday, awful hard to think that you're going to give up uh, two grade one wins. Uh, on Saturday, he was expected to ride uh, Jimmy Creed in the quarter-million-dollar triple Ben handicap. That one's for the sprinters. And then he was going to ride in the Shoemaker Mile on ZA approval. It looks like uh, veteran Gary Stevens is going to pick up the Jimmy Creed mount, while Victor Espinoza will get the amount on ZA approval. So uh, basically, Gomez says he's working on his marriage. 
Uh, it's personal. None of us know really what that means. Uh, his his uh, mounts over the years have earned over $4 million. Uh, he's already won 61 this year, including the grade two Californian stakes. And then, of course, he was the regular rider of Beholder. So I'm um, going to hope that Garrett uh, that makes it back uh, soon. And uh, his story is uh, one that's filled with a lot of twists and turns and a lot of comebacks. So hopefully he can take care of business at, at home and, and, and make a comeback. Not that he's gone away very long. It was just an announcement. But really to give up two live grade one mounts something's happening. Well, let's go to some good news on the jockey front on the West Coast. Eddie D., Eddie De La Husse won the Lafitte Pinkai Jr. Award. Uh, this will be presented, this is the 10th annual year for the award. It'll be presented during the Hollywood Gold Cup on uh, July 6th. The Pinkai Award is presented yearly to someone who has served the sport with integrity, extraordinary dedication, determination, and distinction. Of course, Eddie D., one of those uh, Cajun jocks, uh, a native of New Iberia. I believe that's where you get your Tabasco sauce from. He won over 6,300 races, making him one of 17 jockeys with at least 6,000 records. Uh, his career spanned all or part of uh, decades, retired in 2003. And uh, people out of West will remember him because a quarter of those victories came at Hollywood Park, uh, where he ranks fifth on the all-time list at that historic track. Um, He's inducted into the Hall of Fame in 93. Of course, he won the Derby on upset winner Gatto Del Sol in 1982. Then uh, came back the next year and won on Sonny's Halo. He also captured the Belmont Stakes twice with Risen Star and AP Indy won the Preakness Stakes with Risen Star. Um, Eddie uh, Delahousse, he's still active in racing, is an owner, breeder, bloodstock advisor, and he also, uh, importantly, is the director of on the board of the Edwin J. Gregson Foundation. Of course, uh, Eddie Gregson um, was the trainer of Gato del Sol. It's a nonprofit organization established in 98 that develops programs to benefit and enhance the quality of life of California's backstretch workers and their families. So congratulations to Eddie Delahousse. Also, congrats uh, go out to Ken and Sarah Ramsey. Uh, the release that came out yesterday was that they equaled the track record for the single-season wins by owner at Churchill Downs. Of course, a, a great honor. The thing is, the meet is not over. Uh, the meet won't be over until the 30th. Uh, they also uh, had just an amazing meet at Churchill, at uh, Keeneland, rather, shattering the win record over there. And just an uh, hour or so ago, got a tweet from uh, Marty McGee from the Racing Forum that they set the record for wins at the meet and uh the uh the, the ramses were on hand a horse by the name of 60s uh got them there and uh the uh former mark was set nearly 30 years ago so congratulations to the ramses and though they have several trainers i've got to say congratulations to mike maker too who handles so much of their stock uh in the kentucky area right now 
All right. Well, this weekend we're going to be treated to some nice racing at Churchill Downs while we're on the subject, and it is the Grade 2 Firecracker Handicap. Horse of the Year, Wise Dan, he breezed a bullet half mile on the poly track at Keeneland on Saturday, uh, 46-1. and one. Now, they put 128 pounds. Chuck Lepresti wasn't crazy about that. But he's going to go ahead and uh, and put him in the race. I mean, let's face it, Wise Dan, he's won his last six starts. Five straight grade one races uh, so far this year. He won the, the Maker's Mark at Keeneland and then recorded a four-and-a-half-length victory in the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic on Derby Day. As you recall, a very yielding turf course that day. He didn't get a chance to meet up with point of entry. So, um, even with the weight, I got a feeling that the race is for place, and uh, we'll see who's in there. There's a promising uh, young uh, Claiborne horse uh, who's only making his seventh lifetime start by the name of Lee, coming out of the Alstall barn. Our friend Brian Hernandez will be up. Uh, this is going to be the speed horse. Uh, he's going to be out there. Likes the turf, though. Uh, five of his six lifetime starts were on the turf. Three of those were wins. And then, uh, of course, uh, the four-year-old Colt who last year won the El Camino Real. Uh, Daddy Knows Best is coming in. The horse I like is, and I'm not looking at any odds right here, is Cerrone. This horse consistently hits the board. You might be able to get some odds. But, again, I really think that Saturday evening at Churchill, you're going to be seeing a wise Dan on top and trying to get your price underneath. Uh, also, in the seventh race in the evening, uh, we're going to see uh, the Bashford Manor, a horse that always stamps some pretty good two-year-old colts. And uh, this race is pretty much a wide-open event. Six of the seven horses won their last start, and three of them are coming back after winning as the favorite uh, first time out. Of course, uh, you've always got to look at uh, some of the top names and top trainers in there. Steve Asmussen uh, has uh, two dangerous ones in there in Gun Roar and probably the potential favorite in Cajun Cat. Rosie Napravnik will ride, as she did with this horse in its debut, who just won driving as the favorite in the slop at Churchill Downs. Uh, two others I think you, you want to look at are Wesley Ward. Of course, any two-year-old he sends out is always extremely dangerous. And there's a horse by the name of My Corinthian uh, from Colonial Downs. Now, My Corinthian broke its maiden on the turf at Colonial, but a uh, really good speed figure was the odds-on favorite. And they actually have to supplement this horse for 3000 So uh, those are going to be some things that uh, you're going to watch on uh, on Saturday evening again at Churchill Downs. So uh, uh, those, that, that's what's happening in racing uh, that we're not going to be able to get one of our handicappers on, and that's what's happening with some of the jockeys around. Uh, you might be wondering about what happened to, which is always a good question, uh, Pepper's Pride. <clears throat> well, you remember her? She won all 19 of her starts and earned just over a million dollars. Well, she's now produced three foals, including two by Distorted Humor, and she uh, is currently in full to Hard Spun. Uh, she's uh, at TaylorMade Farm. They just say she's really classy. She does everything right. Well, obviously, yeah, if you win, go 19 for 19. I don't care if it's in New Mexico or not. Uh, you're doing things pretty well uh, as they can be done. So uh, while they came in New Mexico, she still carried weights as high as 127 pounds, and uh, – 
even though she doesn't have a uh, you know distinctive pedigree, uh, they're keeping her down there and breeding her some nice horses. Uh, her third foal was a colt by Malibu Moon, who might be one of the ho- hottest horses in North America right now. So that's that's catching you up with Pepper's Pride. Of course, uh, the longest win streak by more modern northern based thoroughbreds is Rapid Redo. He went 22 straight. Of course, 19 for Pepper's Pride. Zenyatta, 19, and Cigar, 16. So if you're wondering whatever happened to Pepper's Pride, now you know. All right. Well, last week I had uh, Dan Cronin on the show with me. Uh, take a little review of uh, the races we looked at, uh, starting with the Mother Goose. Well, pretty much everybody was giving this race away to Dreaming of Julia, who I believe went off about 1 to 5. Well, uh Dreaming of Julia stayed in third and then was kind of down on the inside, got pushed down a little bit, uh, came back uh, outside again and started making a a move. But close hatches, I'll tell you what, all of a sudden put in a big move under who else? Hottest jockey in America, Joel Rosario. uh, Had close hatches off at 4-1. to You may recall she won the Gazelle at Aqueduct. Just pulled away at the half mile, caught Toasting, who was on the lead, and just cruised to victory. Close hatches in an upset. Uh, Dreaming of Julia did run second, and in the third spot was Marathon Lady. It was seven lengths back to the next horse. So it was pretty much a a three-horse affair. Uh, as far as the the mother goose was concerned, close hatches uh, trained by Bill Mott, owned by Judd Mott Farm. All right, the other race we looked at with Dan was the debutante at Churchill Downs, a two-year-old race, and a horse you're going to want to listen to is Fifty Shades of Gold, owned and bred by a guy by the name of Clarence Schaubauer. Ring any bells? How about Ali Sheba? The last stakes race they won at Churchill Downs was with Ali Sheba in the Breeders' Cup. Fifty Shades of Gold won her debut by 10 at Lone Star, shipped up for Brett Calhoun, and just won off. And I'll tell you what, you go back and look at the replay. This horse looked like a three-year-old colt beating the girls. In the second uh, uh, spot was uh, More Than Beauty, a horse I kind of liked with the brother act of the Burrells. And uh, in the third spot uh, was the uh, nine-horse Delmar Holiday. All right, then we went to Colonial Downs, and uh, it was uh, a bit of an upset in here. At 50-1, to London Lane got the job done in a big upset. The horses that ran uh, first and second, both were dead last, turning for home. London Lane paid $102.60, hadn't won a race in over a year. Then we went out to Hollywood Park, short field in the Hollywood Oaks, the winner in wire-to-wire fashion with Rafael Bayerano up. It was the Jelly, Jerry, <laughs> Jelly, Jerry Hollendorfer train doing hard time again. It's going to be interesting when this three-year-old filly perhaps comes over to the East Coast later in the year. Iatopa ran second, shortest exacta. All right, that's a look at what we did last week. Now, coming up, like I said, it's the Iowa Festival of Racing, and the man that's going to help us break it down, the Daily Racing Forum's John McDoolin. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, John McDoolin, a columnist and handicapper uh, from the Daily Racing Forum that's been all over the country. Uh, have uh, McDoolin travel. Uh, I agree to his resume, but would take up all 15 minutes of this spot. Uh, but John also uh, does the, the columns for, uh, for Presque Isle and his handicapping up there. Uh, of course, I've known him for years uh, at River Downs. He's a Cincinnatian. And the kind of a bizarre thing is the River Downs meet this year because of the construction of the track is being held at Beulah Park. So John gets to go up in the air-conditioned press box of Beulah Park now, Sundays through Wednesdays. Johnny Mac, how you doing? Doing great, John. How you doing? <laughs> I'm hanging in there. I'm doing my best, keeping my sunny side up, as they like to say. I'll tell you what, I read something last week that just just floored me, and it's a horse that you and I are very, very familiar with. The horse's name is Cat Launch. I believe he is now 12 years old, and don't tell me he won another stakes race. He, he won a stakes race, John. And the, the miraculous thing is, there was a uh, when this horse was a two-year-old, he ran at Mountaineer Park. He broke his maiden at Mountaineer Park. We got a tip from the from the clocker at River Downs how well this horse was doing, how great he looked, and, and we bet him in his maiden win uh, ten years ago. And so I've been watching this horse. I think he's run like a hundred and six times. Um, they've been running him, and he hasn't been doing really great. And then uh, the, the race at Fuel uh, Park, it was just unbelievable. It, it, he, it was a mile of 16th race. He uh, was on the lead. Horses came to him. He, and, and I think I told you earlier, in the last 10 yards, the horse went by him, and he just sort of stuck his neck out like he knew where the line was. And he came back and, and put his nose on the line, and he won. And it's just 
I mean, a 12-year-old horse for a million dollars, 106 or seven starts. I mean, you know, and, and Ivan Vasquez, the uh, supply owns him, and, and they, you know, they just keep saying they've tried to take him out of training three or four times, and he just goes berserk, and he, he wants to he wants to run, so they keep running him <laughs> until he doesn't want to run anymore. Yeah, Ivan told me, you know, again, yeah, they did try to take him out and give him a break, and he says he kicks the stall. He says he has to be the first horse out in the morning every morning, or he starts kicking the stall. So that's an amazing testimony, and on top of that, he's an accredited Ohio bred, so right. he's not nationally known, but, uh, you know, he's got uh, he's got a big heart, and I know that Michael Blowen from Old Friends Farm said, hey, when he's done racing, we'd love to have him on our farm. Well, I know that you covered a lot of state-bred programs up in Pennsylvania with Presque Isle, not that they're all state-bred races, but uh, certainly you've seen a lot of Buckeye-bred races uh, in Ohio. Um, and now it's going to be a big festival of racing out at Prairie Meadows this weekend. It's always kind of neat. Uh, you probably saw the Penn Mile last uh, oh, two weeks ago and uh, the show that they put on. They had a great big day there. And Prairie Meadows is trying to put their best foot forward. And it looks like they lured a, a few good outside horses for some of these races. Uh, let, let's start with a, with a look uh, at, at the Iowa Oaks, uh, which brought in a horse that was supposed to run in the Hollywood Oaks, Fifty Shades of Hay, uh, came up with an abscess, uh, so Baffert decided she needed a little more time. He finds this grade three, $200,000, brings her in, doesn't grow a good post, the 10-hole, but uh, she still looks like she might have the class edge on this group. Yeah, I mean, she put the breakers on last time, won the Black-Eyed Susan, grade two Black-Eyed Susan, um, and, and that's going to be my pick in there. I, I'm the world, I hate picking favorites. It drives me insane. But, I mean, it looks like I don't know if, if he brought this horse because he was bringing the other one for the derby or the derby horse because he was bringing this one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those deals. And I, I tried to call him, and there's, I, I'm not going to mention any names, but there's a few trainers that that, uh, that have uh, bobbleheads that, that don't answer my calls. Um, uh, I, you know, Fletcher and Baffert. No, actually, Baffert's always good. When when he runs in Indiana, um, and I covered, I also do Indiana racing, so um, he's always good for that. But I couldn't get a hold of him today. Um, but this horse, I, I, I don't know, I'm putting the blinkers back on. There's plenty of speed in there. You know, she, she's got the last couple of races a closing sort of style, and and I don't see any way in the world they're going to beat her in there. No, I don't think they, you know, the only threat should should the abscess show itself again would be so many ways. I mean, here's a horse that won the prestigious spinaway stakes at Saratoga last year, and uh, her effort in the eight-bell stakes at Churchill Downs was unbelievable, John, because she was seventh at the eighth pole, and I didn't think she had a shot. It was a big, it was a, you know, like a five-horse photo, but uh, widest of all, so many ways. My only question is, mile the 16th might not be uh, her best distance. Right, yeah, and Tom Amos took over for uh, Tony Dutro, so, you know, they're both awesome, awesome trainers. Calvin Burrell comes into Ryder. Um, I, I agree with you. If if, if uh, Baffert's horse can't do it, I think so many ways, a Maggie Moss horse, I think it's uh, it, it'll be one of those two for sure. 
All right, we got a lot of races to get through. Let's go now and let our cappers know who we like in the Grade Three Iowa Derby. Another quarter million uh, dollar race in here. Uh, again, you mentioned the horse that Bob Baffert brought in, the Speedy Man Dano. Uh, but uh, this race, really, if you think about it, John, uh, going out the Prairie Meadows, brought in some pretty top trainers. We're talking Kenny McPeak, uh, Steve Asmussen, Bob Baffert, Carl Nafsker. That's not bad for little old Prairie Meadows. No, no. Well, I mean, these are graded races, and so that you know that's what's going to happen. But Mananando, or I guess that's how you pronounce it. I mean, the horse is just you know, had a 108 buyer on the uh, at, at uh, Hollywood Park um, May 3rd, and and you know he's run well on any kind of surface. Um, doesn't seem to matter what surface he runs on. Um, he's been working really well at Santa Anita, which they have a dirt surface. Um, his last Three works have been real. Well, the last two, anyway, have been really great. Um, I I just think uh, this horse looks like so much a class. He, he back when he broke his maiden last year, he ran a buyer of eighty nine. When he when he ran third in the sham, he ran a ninety four. Um, I, I if if this horse is right at all, I don't see any way in the world they're going to beat him. And like I said, I hate betting favorites. I don't think we'll get two to one. It's just such a short field. It, that was the one thing that kind of surprised me that you you only get seven horses for a, a graded race like this with a huge purse like this. Right. Well, my my notes here the, at the top of the form are that this could be an interesting match up front because the two horses that I believe will be favorites, which would be Mananando. And down on the inside would be our double play. I noticed that Kenny McPeak wanted to get a race over the track. He ended up winning the, right. the prep for this race in the Prairie Meadows Mile. It's going to be kind of interesting because both of these horses, their running style uh, just is pedal to the metal. Right, yeah. And there's there's a couple other horses in there. Um, the, the Steve Asmussen horse, the other one uh, between here and Cool, um, is another one that will be on near the lead. So I don't know. I mean, it. Uh, you kind of look for a closer in there, and, and you know, looking cool is probably Carl Nasker's horse. I mean, and he's only shown that in a few races, so I don't know. Um, uh, Storm Driver did it, but, you know, he's running at Sunland Park and, and uh, Turf Paradise, so, it, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a wide-open race, if you, really. Well, uh, either way, it's kind of cool to see those many top trainers at, at, at Prairie Meadows. I hope they have a right. fantastic night. Um, we got about four minutes to power through our next two. Uh, we're talking about the uh, the Corn Husker. It's going to be a Grade Three. This is their top money race of uh, Saturday, three hundred thousand uh, dollars. My looking at this race and. Uh, Here's a horse that I'm sure that uh, Steve Anderson's seen race a lot. Is Prayer for Relief, who I remember was a big derby horse uh, two years ago. My question is, what's Dale Romans doing there with Silver Max, who I think is a grass horse? Yeah, that's that's what I looked at. I, I mean, he was two to one. I think he's two to one in the morning run. And I thought, what is? I mean, I don't like that horse at all in there. Um, I, I, you know, Steve Asmussen, who actually is one of the bobblehead guys that I, I. Every time I call him, he answers the phone, and, and the guy at the racing, the editor at the racing forum said, you know, I, I did a story, and he goes, where'd you get these quotes from Asmussen? And I said, I called and talked to him. He said, well, how did you talk to him? I said, I used to drink beers with him like about 1991 at Canterbury <laughs> when he was going out with Donna Barton, and, you know, he knows my name, so he answers the phone. He, he just laughed his butt off, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any way in the world they're going to be prayer, of, uh, prayer for relief, and like I said, I hate betting favorites, but. 
Uh, you almost have to in that race, I think. Well, you know, he, he, the, the horse certainly uh, has the class, has the distance. Uh, it won the 2011 Iowa Derby at Prairie Meadows, right. so you know it can handle it. But, boy, uh, you know, the horse is coming off two 100-plus buyers at, at Lone Star. Um, i got, I got to give him the, him the nod in there, too. Well, John, listen, I know that uh, uh, a track that you're familiar with, because you were there in its inaugural year, uh, what was Presque Isle, and I know that uh, you're the columnist for them, so you stay on top of it. Uh, they got a very interesting race coming up on Sunday with the the Windward Mile. Uh, the purse is a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm gonna just sh- shout out the the, the the two I like. Uh, I, I like the the, the well traveled uh, Huai who I do believe is racing right now in full. As you can see, she does not have a pedigree that would jump off book one at Keeneland, but she certainly earned her way with $1.2 million. But my pick in here is number three, lot of loving. The horse has scored twice at a mile and three starts. Both of those were stakes races. Well, I absolutely love a lot of loving. Uh, Mike Maker trains her. Um, she, you know, mile and eighth at Arlington on the, on the, Artificial service up there. She did well. Uh, she's been working great at Turfway Park. She obviously she's won six out of fifteen on the synthetics. She absolutely loves the synthetics. Won the likely exchange. I think at, at a mile. I think a mile distance is her perfect distance. She's won two out of three with a second. Um, I absolutely love that horse in that race. Um, and who why is uh, that that I, that horse is. I, she she's raced so many times all over the Midwest at, at uh, Indiana Downs and at uh, Prescott Downs, and the guy who trains her is actually the, one of the owners, Mark Hoffman, and um, he he actually uh, the horse is seven now, one one point two million. I I, I kind of think she's like a little bit over there. If you can see that if, if you look at the PPs, there's a different trainer for almost every other race. Well, he just, you know, he just one of those guys that yeah. puts it in somebody's name, it puts it in a different trainer's name every time. Um, I, I just think she's a little bit at, at seven, you know, they get to the age where they really don't want to try that much anymore. Um, but, but I think you're right. The three horse is, there's no way they're going to beat her. All right, and our good friend Byron King from the Daily Racing Forum has a connection with Hawaii. Uh, I believe he's kind of like the, uh, the the barn manager. Well, speaking of the Daily Racing oh, Forum, John, I got uh, Steve Anderson out there on the West Coast, so thank you for covering the Midwest for us, and I look forward to seeing you soon. I swear I'm going to make it up to Beulah sometime within the next three weeks. Sounds great. All right, Thanks we're going to take a little break here on Winning Ponies, and we come back, we're going all the way out to the West Coast, and we're going to talk to Steve Anderson and break down the Shoemaker and the Triple Bend. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now is a gentleman who uh, covers the West Coast for the Daily Racing Forum, Steve Anderson. He made the mistake of saying uh, that, uh, hey, John, call me anytime the last time I had him on the show. <laughs> Don't ever say that to me because it's, it's going to happen. Well, if you go up uh, on the Daily Racing Forum or purchase at a local racetrack near you, you'll see that uh, Steve's been uh, staying awful busy this week uh, covering all the stories out there. Um, as I said at the top of the show, and Steve probably didn't hear this, I'm just uh, coming up on the last chapters of uh, the Garrett Gomez story, A Jockey's Journey Through Addiction and Salvation, and I'm just praying that, that, that there's not another chapter to this. Uh, but to take off uh, some pretty live horses and some grade one races, uh, Steve, do, do you have any insight? I mean, I, I know it's a personal uh, uh, thing uh, about his marriage. I mean, has Garrett been riding well? Uh, do, do you have any idea? You know, he hasn't really had the same level of success in the last 60 or 90 days that he is accustomed to. Uh, for example, he's only got two grade one wins this year, and they were both on Beholder in, uh, in during the Santa Anita meeting. And he did win with Clubhouse Ride in the grade two Californian stakes on June 1st at Hollywood Park. And that horse is booked to, to run in the Hollywood Gold Cup on Saturday, July 6th. So if he makes it back for that, I think that's a good sign. If he doesn't, that's that's, as you mentioned, a bit alarming considering that he's also not riding in the two grade one races at Hollywood this weekend. So um, I think it's a situation where we're kind of playing it day by day. Now that he's not riding this week, I guess we should say we're playing it week by week. And, you know, the next opportunity for him to have a big race mount is Thursday on July 4th, Chief Havoc in the $150,000 swap stakes. And uh, we'll see what uh, unfolds over the next uh, uh, really, next two days because entries for that will be taken on Saturday, so we'll know more soon as to how Garrett's going, how he's getting along. Well, I, I don't know how many of our listeners have read the book. I would recommend it, even though, like I said, I've still got about three chapters to go. It's a gut wrenching story. Uh, he came up in kind of a difficult situation, and sad to say, there's kind of a rhythm to his his success and his demise. And I just pray that 
he's not going back into that rhythm again because he just seems to be such a class act. Anytime I've met him, uh, he's been such a gentleman and uh, carries himself so well, represents the sport fantastic when he's got a microphone in, in, in front of his face. Uh, I, I just uh, I, I wish him the best. Yeah, I can, I can agree to that in the sense that, you know, after a winning race, every jockey's a good interview, right? But, you know, one thing about Garrett is, is after a race in which he's lost, he'll still take time to, to address the performance. And a lot of guys will, not a lot of guys, but some guys will just simply get huffy. Understandably, they've lost. It's the heat of the, of the moment. The aftermath is still fresh, and they're very frustrated. And they'll walk away. And you say, hey, can I have a word with you? No, not right now. Okay, yeah. I understand. With Garrett, it's like, hey, can I have a word with you? Yeah, and then you, you begin to discuss, hey, listen, you know, that didn't go exactly as you planned it, and he'll address it, and a lot of guys don't stand to that. Well, like I said, it, it says a lot for the guy, and I, I wish him nothing but the best. Well, listen, before we get on to, to handicapping our, our two races, Steve, um, I got a feeling, I don't know if you're going to steal anything out of the press box when you leave Hollywood Park, but uh, is, there a, is there a sense of nostalgia going on uh, around the track and in the press box this season? It's more of a sense of re- a resignation, a disappointment more than anything as we kind of realize that race by race, particularly as, as the season builds towards like the Hollywood Gold Cup next week or the Charlie Whittingham stakes a few weeks ago, that this is the last one that's going to be run here. And uh, so that a lot of that's taking place. I think the real sense of nostalgia might hit in the fall when they only run 23 days. So they're really down to their last... Oh, 33 days of racing here in the in history, barring the, a miraculous, unforeseen event, which isn't going to take place more than likely. So, in that regard, there's you know more of a, like a feeling of resignation that, that moving forward towards December 22nd, and uh, and that's it's, I think it's going to really hit home in the fall when people realize that in a few weeks' time they're going to have to pull their horses out of here and go go to another venue to train. And I think we're really going to notice it next April when at the end of the the, what we used to be the traditional dates of the Santa Anita winter spring meeting, uh, the, that season is still going to have 10 weeks to go. Well, and you know, what can I say? There's been a lot of changes on the landscape of racing, but uh, I just uh, I, I can't even relate to it like you can, but uh, it's, it's sad to see it happen. Well, um, you, you're at Hollywood Park, and we've got the the, the Shoemaker Mile. We, we came up with with a short feel. I still scratch my head when there's a Grade One with three hundred thousand up for grabs that we can't get more than five horses. But it's a, pretty much a, a quality laden field. And but I enjoyed your uh, column, uh, kind of zooming in on the Irish bred. Obviously, who's a horse that, quite frankly, I, I've made a little money off in the last year and a half. Um, are, are you thinking that? Uh, the, the uh, Mike Mitchell uh, trained horse is the one to beat in here? I really don't see how they're going to catch him. It's going to be similar to the American Handicap, or even last summer when he won the Del Mar Mile and the Arroyo Seco Mile at Del Mar in Santa Anita. He gets out there, he gets into a high galloping cruising speed, he seems to be very comfortable under Joe Talamo, and he proves almost impossible to beat. Uh, he won the American Handicap over a mile by two and a half lengths over Lucayan who was the French 2000 Guineas winner last year. However, he was 27-1 to 1 in that race, did not duplicate that performance in three subsequent starts in France, but was a good second in the American in his USA debut. So there's a little bit of form there. But, uh, you know, there was two and a half lengths between them that day. Obviously had three pounds on, uh, was carrying three pounds more than Lucayan. And in this race, they're all on 124 pounds. So in that regard, it's hard to see to see, um, obviously, uh, losing an advantage there. The only thing that could possibly take place, one one scenario that could take place, Wilkinson, who won the 2012 American Handicap, has shown some ability to be close to the front, but I think they think their best chance is to stalk, obviously, and try to pounce him and get as close as they can. 
that may only translate into a second or third. Well, the winner of this race last year was uh, Geronimo, who's going to break from the one hole with one of my favorite jockeys, Rafael Bejarano, that started out at Little Old River Downs. Um, the, 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 the course at Churchill Downs that day for the Turf Classic was just a quagmire. Um, this is a horse that, the, if there is enough pace up front, I think it pick up some pieces and be awful sharp, at least for uh, the uh, place stats. I think so as well. You know, we saw that similar scenario develop in the Delmar, Handy, Delmar Mile last year in August when uh, he was third behind, uh, behind, obviously, in that race, when obviously had a clear lead, and Geronimo closed from uh, from the last of six to uh, to finish fourth. But he was beaten quite a ways. And uh, this scenario is probably the same. Uh, last year in the Shoemaker, there was a, a pretty good pace, so that helped a lot. But there were also eight runners instead of five, so the race complexion was a lot different last year. And you're right, Geronimo didn't have his day at Churchill Downs on May 4th, and that's his only race since January when he won the San Gabriel Stakes over a mile and an eighth at Santa Anita. So there's not a whole lot to go on in recent form from from Geronimo. With the exception of good reports from trainer Mike Pender about the way he's coming up to this race since the Churchill Downs start, but it's a, it's a big job. Geronimo is uh, is going to have his work cut out for him to try to beat, obviously. All right. Well, we've got about uh, four minutes to to address uh, the next race. Again, both of these races uh, are winning your in. Breeders' Cup. So uh, once you win here, you you've got a berth in the Breeders' Cup. Um, it it kind of looks like uh, coming into the Triple Bend handicap. It's a seven furlong race, a Grade One, quarter million dollars up for grab. It's uh, kind of the uh, I don't know if it's a repeat of the Los Angeles handicap uh, or, or or not. Uh, you you tell me. This this is a pretty competitive uh, uh, group that's in here. The one that was not in the Los Angeles Handicap was Jimmy Creed, who, of course, uh, Gary Stevens has been deputized uh, for Garrett Gomez. Uh, what you read on this, I'm sure you saw the L.A. Handicap. Yes, it is. It's a little bit of a repeat of the L.A. Handicap and a little bit of a repeat of the Petrero Grande Stakes at San Anita back in April. These are some of the best sprinters in California, and a few of them are actually kind of getting back, going back in this race to kind of look forward to some mile races. Noticeably, the uh, enigmatic morning line who uh, breaks from the rail. It's a, five, a six-year-old horse trained by John Sheriffs, who still does have some horses in California. And also the eight-year-old gilding rail trip, who's last seen when second to T- Tapazar in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. They're, they're capable of, of roaring home late and making a, a big performance, but more than likely they're going to be factors during the Del Mar meeting around two turns. So if you take them out of the equation, you're, you're, you're stuck with horses such as Common to the Top, a uh, 14-time winner, who is turned into a really good sprinter this year. He won the Tom Fool at Aqueduct, and he won two times at, at Hollywood Park in May. The Cool Frenchie Stakes over five furlongs on Kentucky Derby Day, and and the Los Angeles Handicap that you mentioned over six furlongs on May 27th. In both races, he made a pretty easy lead, never really was challenged, and kind of cruised home. He added everything his own way. And if he gets uh, even a, a little bit of an, an easy lead in this seven furlong race, I think he's going to have things to his advantage. However, he was fourth to Jimmy Creed in the Petrero Grande when Jimmy Creed hadn't raced in three months uh, since the Malibu Stakes at Santa Anita back at Christmas time. And Jimmy Creed at the start of the year was, was considered to be a two-turn candidate. However, he, had, he was illness, uh, fought illness in February and um, had a bit of a, a disrupted campaign. So they went to the Petrero Grande, which he won very well. 
Then last month, Mandela, trainer Richard Mandela considered sending Jimmy Creed to New York for the Met Mile, but he didn't like the way he worked in advance of that race, and he abandoned those plans and refocused on the triple bend. Uh, speaking to Mandela this morning, he said that the four-year-old Colts has really rebounded from whatever bad workout he had in, at the end of May, and he expects a top performance. And the workout times are, in, are indicative of a horse ready to run. For example, uh, Santa Anita, June 11th, six furlongs in 112. Santa Anita, seven furlongs, 126 on June 20. And that track's been a little deep lately. So those times, I think, might reflect a, a, a horse in Jimmy Creed who's ready, who can stalk Coleman to the top, and who can move forward um, to what looks to me like the build-up to the Breeders' Cup sprint. Interestingly, this race in the Triple Bend is a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. And that still could be a factor for Jimmy Creed, but Mandela said that after this race, he might consider the Pat O'Brien, the seven furlong grade one at Del Mar, at the end of August for Jimmy Creed's next start. So let's see what Jimmy Creed can do. He's got a nice record. Uh, he didn't do very well in the Breeders' Cup sprint last year as a three-year-old, but he seems to be a different horse this summer. Well, I'm a big Comet of the Top fan. Maybe you can answer, answer one more question for me before we go. Is I'm scratching my head. Why did Baffert put Drill in two turf races <laughs> in his last two starts? So you're on the backstretch. I'm not. Can you enlighten us to that since this horse seems to, to, to love this distance on a main track? He, yeah, and I think you know he had some other runners that he, he ran in the um, in, in some of the other sprint races earlier at Santa Anita, such as Capital Account, and, uh, and he tried some others who did, weren't as successful. But Drill never really has duplicated the form that he showed uh, in the summer of his two-year-old season in 2011 when he won the Del Mar Fraternity. Yeah, sure, he won the San Vicente Stakes at Santa Anita in February. He is a seven-furlong, one-turn specialist. Uh, he, he can run back to. To, to some of those races, he'd be competitive. But if you look at it from a lot of different points of view, recent re- recent performances, speed figures, just overall form, you just kind of wonder if he's more of a grade two, grade three horse than he is. And by the way, in the Malibu, he was beaten three lengths by Jimmy Creed uh, when they were both carrying equal weight. So um, you know, there, there's a there's a there's a company line there that kind of glares out a little bit. And he didn't get close to Sahara, to Sahara Sky in the Palos Verdes or the San Carlos. There's too many losses on Drill's record for comfort. But, as you mentioned a moment ago, you get Rafael Bejarano. <laughs> well, Steve Anderson for the Daily Racing Forum, working awful hard this week out on the West Coast. Thanks for taking the time for being with us on Winning Ponies. I enjoyed it. Well, I look forward to talking to you during Delmar as well. It's just around the corner. Absolutely. I've got your number, and I'm <laughs> going to call I'm stalking you, Anderson. <laughs> That's fine. Good to speak to you guys. Coming up next, Eric Reed from uh, New York. We're going to take a look at what's happening uh, coming up in the state of New York, and hopefully we're going to break down two races from Belmont Stakes. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com. 
the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, one of my favorite guests on Winning Ponies, uh, he, he switched an initial in his allegiance. Uh, it used to be the NTRA, now it's just NYRA, and, and it's Eric Wayne who's, who's taken over all of their uh, media c- communications, and he came in at the right time because Saratoga's putting out a big blast. Of course, they've always got great races on the New York circuit. And uh, it's it's going to be a summer of fun in upstate New York. Eric, how you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? I I, I couldn't be better. If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> well, so, I, I sometimes uh, I feel like I could uh, use a twin of myself just because there's so much going on here at at Naira. I, I started just uh, at May 15th when the Belmont Stakes was uh, quickly upon us and. Like you say, Saratoga's uh, uh, not too far down the road. And we have a new uh, CEO coming in on July 1st, Christopher Kay, who's a terrific guy. So lots brewing here at, uh, at Naira. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, and, and I'll, I'll probably get you on the show again just before Saratoga opens, but uh, you're going to have a lot of happenings, a lot of giveaways. Uh, just with a broad brush, can you paint it? Sure, and the giveaway days, which are on typically on Sundays, are, are always big drawing cards in the Capital District. Uh, we'll start out on July 28th, which with a, a T-shirt day, which is always big. And if anything can top T-shirt day, it might be the August 11th four-star day bobblehead day. Now, um, I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with the fact that four-star Dave. Uh, you know, won uh, a race at Saratoga for eight straight years from 87 to 94, and he is still uh, beloved uh, up in the Capital District as well as elsewhere. Then uh, August 18th, there's a cool new one, uh, a Saratoga race course replica model, um, kind of a miniature little, just what I said, model of the race course, which is a unique keepsake I think that a lot of people like. And then I know your personal favorite, John, uh, on September 1st is the Beer Stein giveaway, um, a ceramic beer mug. Uh, I know pretty much anything that uh, that uh, holds beer, you're, you're 
down with. It's beautiful. You've got everybody from regret to affirm to the dead heat of the Travers last year. Uh, in well, the old ones, black and white, and then in color. Uh, it, it's a gorgeous stein, and you, you'd be crazy not to go there on Labor Day weekend. Well, um, I'll be there. I'll have to squirrel one away from from myself. But uh, I, you know, it sounds even nicer the way you describe it. I mean, it's got all all those uh, um, great historic moments of the distant and recent past. Yeah, it's it's more than just a beer stein. It's it's definitely a trip down memory lane. Well, I, I, I know you. I know you've been uh, up to your ears in getting introduced to new people, new places, and new challenge, new challenges. Um, but coming up this weekend, you've got some uh, pretty interesting uh, races coming up. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I, you fancy yourself as a bit of a handicapper, and uh, we're doing a handicapping show here tonight. So let, let, let me let me pick your brain here on uh, some of the big races this weekend. First of all, how's the weather looking for the turf races? Well, it's kind of the same forecast every day from now until Saturday. Hot, humid, chance of a of a thunderstorm at any time could be locally heavy. Now, okay. we didn't really get anything uh during the day here in New York. They're still talking about possible uh heavy showers tonight or maybe even at, at times tomorrow. Seems like a fair bet that the course will have at least some moisture in it. The question is how much, and, and it's a doubly interesting question because a lot of these horses in the New York stakes, the mile-and-a-quarter grade two grass race, come out of the Sheep's Head Bay, which was run off uh, over a very soft course. Um, Christophe Clement uh, said publicly he was just going to put a line through that race. He's got Mystical Star running back off a fifth-place finish. He said most of the fancied horses didn't run a step that day in the Sheep's Head Bay on May 25th, so he's not uh, counting the race in his mind, And which raises the question, what if the course is soft again? Maybe that, that Sheep's Head Bay will take on more significance if, if they're, again, back over soft ground. All right, well, we've only got about a couple minutes to do these two uh, races, but, yeah, my, my notes were it was is the rematch of the top three in the Sheep's Head Bay and the fly in the ointment is your invader from the West Coast, Lady of Shamrock. It'll be interesting to see how she fares there. It, it will be interesting. John Sadler claims that he's eager to run her over soft ground, but he's primarily concerned with getting her pace in the race. He's been uh, disappointed at the slow paces that developed in front of her. Um, a horse I'm giving a strong look to, in addition to Dream Peace, who's very legit, is Regalo Mio, who... Um, has really run three good races this year. A lot of the three-year-olds turning four um, struggle once they have to take on older. It seems like she's getting better and better, and she comes out of a real nice race at Keeneland going a mile and a half, which might be a, might have been a little long for her, but uh, I think she's the one who might give Dream Peace and the others uh, a, a real tussle. Yeah, my, my notes on her is the fact that she is always there and said a little bit of rest uh, since the Bewitched at Keeneland. So uh, we leads us up to another race. Um, that's going to be the eighth. Following that um, is going to be the victory ride. It's a grade three. Uh, kind of interesting. I mean, Todd Pletcher basically um, 
could hit the trifecta in here, even though he couldn't because two of them are going to be coupled. But all three of the horses that, that Pletcher has in here, uh, Teen Pauline, Cowie Katie, and Fuziachi is wonderful. They're all coming out of solid races, but all have a trouble line. Uh, that's a great point. And they're all kind of speedy. Um, now, Pletcher's no dope. He's not going to have them duel each, the three of them duel each other. Um, Fuziachi, wonderful is wonderful drew the rail i think that's gonna instead of trying to send him from the rail i think he's more likely to take back and try to loop around um Kawhi katie had a very tough trip uh in, in a race that looks even better with the benefit of hindsight the acorn running behind midnight lucky and close hatches who came back to win the mother goose uh, in a right. gallop uh, the, the horse I'm a little bit interested in, I think those two I just mentioned are probably the two best horses in the race. But um, Baby J comes out of a real funny trip and, and run, did so in a race against Older, a, a pretty tough non-winners of three lifetime. And uh, if you're looking for somebody to f- fill in behind uh, Kawhi Katie and Fusaichi is wonderful, I'm going to be taking a close look at Baby J. Well, that's who I will be uh, also putting in my uh, exotics, too. Well, Eric, thanks, man. I I asked you for so much in such a a short meet of uh, time, Uh, the Communications and Media Relations Director, now at Naira. And uh, and also an, an outstanding handicapper. I know you got a lot on your plate, but you are just the man to make sure that uh, you're a member of the Clean Play Club. I'm never too busy to talk about handicapping, John. Good. Well, you like Steve Anderson and John McDoolan all made a mistake giving me your numbers, and I'm going to keep <laughs> calling them. Call anytime, John. All right. That's Eric Wing uh, now at Naira, and that closes out a trifecta of handicappers. We covered a slew of racing. Don't forget, go up to Winning Ponies, pull down those easy sheets because it makes it easy. Had a big hit at Calder today, over six hundred dollars on one of our selections so you you want to make sure that you stay in touch with all of us here on winning ponies we appreciate you for tuning in and hey tell your friends that didn't listen that are going to the races this week they need to listen to our podcast at winningponies.com so for my producer d i'm john engelhart remember if you bring a friend to the races this week practice safe bets Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.